Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. So how will the new way of teaching reading, which isn't really a new way of teaching reading, be better than the current way? That's basically the question we want to know. A nice piece in the Star Tribune about how Minnesota is changing their approach to reading in hopes of getting kids more proficient in reading and more literate. Uh, we bring into the conversation Ann Sangster. Uh, she is uh, with the Anoka Hennepin School District. We appreciate it. She's on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline, Director of Elementary Curriculum, Instruction, and Assessment for uh, Anoka Hennepin Schools. So that's the question, Ann. How is this way, your way, better than the current way? Well, good morning, um, Adam and Jordana. <clears throat> so I think that... Um, to answer that question, it's pretty complex. Um, we do know that um, the majority of students must be taught how to read. So learning to read isn't easy or natural um, for them, and they don't just pick it up through exposure to good books. They need systematic and explicit instruction, and the um, letters professional development that we are providing for our teachers is giving them tools to know exactly how to approach that instruction for our students. And thanks for joining us. Um, let's let's just go back a little bit because I don't. I guess I, I'm confused about why the change. When I was a kid and we learned and I went to public school, uh, you know, we did phonics, hooked on phonics. We sounded things out. What is the current way of teaching reading? And then if you could get into the new way, what are the differences? So <clears throat> with reading, there's always, um, there can be some pendulums that shift in instruction and beliefs around instruction. And so for many years, um, teachers were using something that was called balanced literacy that um, was a way of teaching that um, had students reading books. There was a less, um, less focus on that systematic teaching of phonics that you experienced growing up. Um, so this new way if you want to call it that, is not really a new way. We've had um, mm -hmm. the science of reading is a body of evidence that has been around for many, many years. <clears throat> and there's been a leg of research to practice. And so what happens with um, this, <clears throat> the way that we are teaching reading now is explicit systematic instruction, both in word recognition for students, which that includes the phonics, the sounds of, of language, as well mm -hmm. as the other important part, which is comprehension, so that students have a strong understanding of they can sound out words, they can decode words, but also that they're understanding what they're reading, which of course is important as they are getting into more complex text and reading in different content areas. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. So, Ann, have you been uh, a, a purveyor? Have you taught both ways? And can you tell me specifically or in your own mind why the phonics method and is better and how you see that in kids and how you experience that as a teacher saying, is it so clear it's like, aha, oh, man, this is so much better way to teach this? So, yes, I was a previous um, primary teacher who taught using something called whole language and, and then balanced literacy. And what happened in those classrooms is the students that their brains were wired to learn how to read, they read pretty much despite whatever it was that I was doing in the classroom. Mm-hmm. They were able to, to soak it up. But I always had those students that really, really struggled. And as a teacher, I looked for ways to support them. What is happening with the professional development that we're providing to our teachers It's um, increasing teacher understanding of really the what, why, and how of scientifically-based reading instruction. So we're learning about how the brain works. How does the brain process language? um, And how does the brain process all of those reading pieces with the phonology, looking at basic and advanced phonics? And um, it's interesting, this morning I just was in a meeting and um, had a conversation with one of our um, QCOMP peer coaches who had been supporting a teacher in a kindergarten classroom. And the kindergarten class teacher was in our first um, cohort of teachers that went through the letters training, which is one of the three trainings that um, MDE has approved with the READ Act. And this teacher was explaining that how she has shifted her teaching, that her kindergarten teachers can tell the difference between the short Mm. E and the short I sound. That's something that is typically can be difficult for students. It's a nuance in the way it's pronounced, in the way that they hear the sound. But she's seeing less confusion with that, with that explicit systematic teaching. Wow. So you're already seeing some results. Yes, we are. Uh, now, the, the the headline in the Star Tribune, and take it for what it's worth, headlines are exactly that, headlines. It says only half of Minnesota students can read at grade level. Do you agree with that assessment? And is is the term grade level sort of like code for something else? You know, meaning they can read, they're just a little bit slower than some of their, some of their peers. Well, the, the measure that they are talking about here when they're talking about half of Minnesota, Minnesota students reading at grade level are the Minnesota Comprehensive Assessments, the MCAs. And so those are based on the standards that the state has put forward that tells us at at each grade level how students are supposed to be performing. So if we look at our data in Anoka Hennepin, um, we are, that is about where we are at this point if we're looking at those markers from third grade forward. When we're looking at um, different markers K through two within our system, we are seeing students that are making um, progress, and we hope that as we continue with this 
um, instruction that we start seeing that um, that needle move on our third grade students and above. Do you think generally those MCAs are a good snapshot of where our kids really are when it comes to specifically reading? Well, I think that you writing your question, it is a snapshot. And so um, that it's one piece of evidence that we look at. And really, we at a district level are looking at that evidence to see what our system, system-wide, what do we need to do to make sure that our teachers and students have what they need to be able to be successful as readers. What would your, any t- anytime we talk about you know, making a, a drastic change, and this is what it sounds like, I mean, it, would you consider this a drastic change in the way we teach kids to read? I don't know if I would call it a drastic change. I think what it is doing is, um, I mean, drastic, it's a a big word, right? I think it is um, Mm -hmm. having teachers, I will speak for Anoka Hennepin. We started Mm -hmm. making the shift from balanced literacy to more structured literacy, which is another word for evidence-based instruction, um, systematic instruction um, Mm -hmm. about eight years ago. And so for us, the biggest piece with this READ Act legislation and something that we started three years ago was the professional development to have um, really taking that research into practice. That was the piece that was missing in our training before, and it has really supported our teachers in making the instructional shifts in the classroom, which is the most important thing. We're talking to Ann Sangster. She is Director of Elementary Curriculum Instruction and Assessment for the Anoka Hennepin School District. You mentioned eight years ago putting that into, into place. Was there resistance uh, either on the part of any teachers or administration when the district decided to go that route? Well, as you know, with any change, there is going to be, um, there are going to be questions. People are going to wonder, is this going to work? I've been using these other methods, and now I have to trust that something else is going to work. So with um, coaching at the building level, with professional development, and just supporting teachers through that implementation process, we were able to um, have our teachers on board um, with a new program. What would you tell parents? And because when you make a change, uh, we are like, okay, how can we, we all want our kids to read and we all want them to read well and do well. And um, what, is there anything that parents need to know now that this change is going to be more widespread? I think that um, really the most important thing for parents is to um, reach out to their classroom teacher. Their classroom teacher knows their student best. And to be able to find out what kind of strengths does my student have as a reader and a writer, and what are some things that um, I could support with at home. And so um, we know that um, reading um, books and at home can be very, very important, but then teachers mm-hmm. can also have some other strategies that parents could use to support that reading and writing at home. Here's a question. So if like my kids, one of them whom is a junior, I have a 13-year-old, if they were taught this, I guess this old way, the way that's going out now, should I be concerned that they're going to be behind others when it comes to you know, reading in the future? Well, I think that you could look at your um, children and um, just kind of observe and ask yourself questions. Are they able to engage in grade level um, coursework um, at the ages they are now? 
and are they successful when they're reading in the different content areas? And if they're struggling, you know, certainly um, go to um, your school and see if you can get extra support for them. And thank you for the time today. We appreciate it. Uh, We'll we'll continue to follow the story, especially as more districts now implement these changes. Thank you. You're very welcome. Ann Sangster, Director of Elementary Curriculum, Instruction, and Assessment for Anoka Hennepin School District. Uh, 1118 on News Talk 830 WCCO. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 